When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Live on SEN Top End, 16.11am, welcome to Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark and Raf Clark for Rain and Horn Darwin. Finding a place to write your next chapter. Welcome to SEN Fridays at the Top End, 16.11am. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. We will love your listing. Joined here especially early by the NTFL guru, Rob Hale. Rob, how was your week? Big game. Not a bad week. I was going to ask you about that, Rob. How was the commentary debut? Did you do more of a play-by-play thing or were you there for your special comments? Ah, I was still going to come in. It was okay. Yeah, we will talk about that game very, very shortly. Raf Clark joining us as well. What did the week look like in Raf Clark land? Yeah, it's a pretty relaxed one, mate. The stands get starting to get used to that and watching this play. Um, wasn't the result expecting the Saints-Tars game, yeah. so that was a bit disappointing by the boys. But yeah, that's probably a quick wake-up call they needed. Yeah, got down and watched some of the, the other games as well. Watched the Saints girls, a bit of a loss as well. So, you know, Saints are the finger out, I think, this week. A bit of a loss. That was an absolute thrashing. Yeah, yeah, that was a bit light we on will, then. So. We will talk about that. Hey, speaking about the Saints, you are coaching the Division 2 this year. When does your season start and how are the preparations going? Yeah, they're looking all right, mate. I'm excited in for Sunday, our first hit. But, yeah, we were told yesterday that Palmer said we were going to forfeit. They got a bit mixed up many sides they had in and they've won. And, yeah, we have to have another week off, unfortunately. So had to break the news to the boys last night. So we drills in and trained a bit longer. Unfortunately, another week off. But for my old body, it's probably... Raph, I can tell, I can hear a little bit of angst in your voice when you are telling me that story. Is this something that you think the NTFL could improve on or they could have been a little bit better with their messaging? Yeah, definitely, mate. I think uh, a, a lot of people probably have the same opinion. They're bringing a whole new mm. men's, you know, probably six or seven weeks before new season. I don't know. We're going to find 200 extra blokes um, in Darwin that want to play for them. So, yeah, it's something to felt probably you know, could have broke to the end of last year to give a warning. Six months to get ready. And Darwin's pretty relaxed. It doesn't get things ready until the last minute. So looks like the NTFL have that approach as well. Yeah, plenty of NTFL to talk about later on in the program. We will talk about some AFL trades just off the top. Not a trade, but Anthony McDonald, Tipping Woody, one of the most beloved Territory AFL stars, is pondering a comeback his manager, Scott Lucas, announced during the week. Robbie, what are your thoughts on that? You're a Bombers man. You would have had some great memories watching Waller run around. Do you think that that's a good move for him personally? Do you think that he's fit enough to play and make a comeback to the AFL? Yeah. It'll be interesting. It's not easy to miss six, seven, eight months of AFL football and then return to that elite level. Raf, I suppose, what is your biggest comparison to what Anthony McDonald, Tipping Woody is doing? Did you find, did you have a break when you finished your AFL career before coming to play for St. Mary's or was it more or less simultaneously? Did you have any, ever have any long-term injuries in the AFL where you missed six to eight months and then found it hard to do, adjust to that pace? Yeah, mate, any, I had to operate my hammy, missed all the final series. So yeah, 
it took me you know, seven, seven or eight weeks to get back to feeling confident in your body. And then it's you know, a good three or four months playing that level, especially. So, you know, if Waller's been himself in a good nick, I know he come. How do you look? Yeah, he looked, looked all right. But, you know, those boys, you know, teary boys, when they're here, no matter how much games they've missed, they still put, you, put a lace out wherever you want it. So, uh, you know, it didn't look like he hadn't missed a beat. You know, then again, you're only you're only a club, so in terms of fitness-wise, you don't get worries out. So, you know, if he's if he's ready to go, and it'd be awesome him at least three or four, I think. Rob, is he a good fit for the Dockers? And do you have any idea? Or and Raph, feel free to chime in if you have the answer to this. But why Perth? What's Waller's connection to Perth and Western Australia? Yeah, I can see what. Do you think he's a better fit for Bombers or Freo? So Bombers. Is that you got Bombers hat on, or you got your? <laughs> you just got yeah, your bit, footy a bit of a Bombers hat. We didn't sell oh, like I will ask that. Genuine, as a from a Bombers perspective, do you think that Anthony McDonald, Tim and Woody is a good fit, given as though they are keen reportedly on Anthony Mankara, who will play as that forward role? Alwyn Davey, uh, Jaden Davey, Tex Wanganeen, they do have a lot of small forward options now. I think that Essendon started to plan for life without Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody, and then this has thrown a spanner in the works by putting his hand up and saying, I'll come back. I don't think it's an easy decision for Bombers to just be like, yeah, sure, welcome back to the list. I think they have to consider that. Yeah, I'm not... Ben Long, another Territorian, has been officially traded to the Gold Coast Suns. The Suns also get a future first, future fourth rounder rather from St Kilda and have sent back pick 32 in this season's draft. Hey, let's fast forward to round one next year. Where does Benny Long line up for the Suns draft? Yeah, I think Benny plays his best footy of half back. We touched on it last week, um, and even a a, a, a ring uh, the wing role as well. I give him a bit of freedom. You know, the way Benny attacks the footy, uh, those midfielders will be looking over their shoulders to get crunched by Benny Long. But he does read the game very well at half back and be that run and driver. Just on the Saints, Hunter Clark also looking at leaving. Is all right at the club? Is they're in a bit of a in-between position, and we will talk about St Kilda. They are one of the AFL clubs that we will review later in the program. But is there a concern with some of these players leaving? Yeah, um, yeah, mate. It's, uh, I haven't heard a chat to Ben about what's going on at the Saints, but um, yeah, if, if, if players if they don't feel happy there, um, there must be something that's um, stirring it up. So for that later, I guess. Mm. Robbie, you saw a lot of Ben Long throughout his career, even as a junior player. How high do you potential is? And I go back to. If we had had this conversation three or four years ago and we laid out on the table who is going to be a better defender at AFL level, Ben Long or Daniel Rioli, I reckon all three of us probably would have said Ben Long. More suited to the position, played a lot more junior football there, played a lot of good football for St Mary's there as a 17-year-old. Um, Daniel Rioli's obviously had the positional changed and, and really made that spot his own. I'm a big believer in Ben Long. I think he's got that competitiveness that's really important in football. I think that his skills are sound. I think he's got a little bit of that X factor and, and that mongrel that he has, that, that rabid dog that he's got in him is really, really important for AFL clubs. How high do you think Ben's potential is as an AFL footballer? He's actually potential, and I think he's pretty hard. He can be. The Suns have four blokes. Yeah, which gives him similar players too, like your Lockie Weller types and that across the halfback that, that Ben will slot into. Do you think the Suns will continue to attract territory players due to their link to the top end? I know that uh, obviously there's been a little bit of interest by some of the existing territory players already, and just quietly, I think there is a bit of little bit of things going on behind closed doors with another territory player in the Gold Coast Suns. But we might touch on that a little bit later. But do you think that there is a solid link being created here with the Gold Coast Suns on the Northern Territory? Yeah, I thought the Suns handled it really well too. I know after the game there was a scene where the whole Gold Coast Suns were waiting up at the Michael Long Centre with 
Joel Jeffrey and Mally Roses, and they allowed them time to go around and say hello. And, and we know what popular people Joel and Mally are. They probably would have had to see 200 friends and family. Oh, yeah. So, like, they yeah. Really they smashed similar. them, yeah. <laughs> a little little home away from home. Yeah. Hey, have you adopted the Suns as your second team, Raph, or are you not quite on board yet? No, nah, definitely, mate. Um, and like you said, territory, a few players that want to play there. And like I used to go to get, I would have loved to have to play in front of my home fans and friends, you know, at Kilda, which we never got to say. A territory boy, everyone, you know, gets to go back to their home clubs when they're from Perth or Melbourne, you know, in the drafts, and then they want to go home through trades and stuff. So as close as you get to Darwin as a Gold Coast, I, I, I'd love that. You know, if I was having my time again, I'd probably put the Gold Coast Suns to play a few games at home. Raph, we do need to go to a break very soon, but last question until then. You did mention that you would have loved that opportunity to potentially go to the Suns. They didn't have that territory link really at the time. While we talk about the AFL trade shortly, did you ever have any serious considerations on leaving St Kilda? Did you have any approaches from any other club throughout your journey that you had to seriously consider? Obviously, with your brother uh, being there, it's another another spanner in the works, something else you need to consider. But your brother left the club too and went to the Brisbane Lions later in his career. What was your position? No, mate, I was, I was pretty lucky when I got to the Saints. They had that super draft before me, you know, also Rewalt because he's so... They, they they were building a really good side and I, I'd, I'd been that right age to fit in. Um, I was quite lucky. So you, you go into a club that's building and ready to go mm. play finals and I was lucky at the time to be in that position. If, if I went to the club and they were struggling, um, you know, I did have other club, clubs along the way after a couple of seasons ask if you're interested. But, you know, I was I was loving my time at Soda because we're all about the same age. We're building a group together. And, you know, we go on a couple of grand finals. So uh, it wasn't until, you know, after Rossi Lyon left, you sort of, you know, you felt that might be an opportunity now to jump out and look look elsewhere. Couldn't a bit old and get out of the team affair. But the only time where I really might have been. Plenty more to come here on SEN Fridays at the Top End, 10, 11 a.m. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next. Live on SEN Top End, 16, 11 a.m. This is Fridays in the Top End. With Jackson Clark and Raph Clark for Rain and Horn Darwin. Find a place to write your next chapter. Live on SEN Top End, 16.11am. This is Fridays in the Top End. With Jackson Clark and Raph Clark for Rain and Horn Darwin. Find a place to write your next chapter. Welcome back to SEN Fridays at the Top End, 10, 11 a.m. Thanks to Rain and Horn, Darwin, we will love your... Plenty of trades happening in the AFL world. A couple of key defenders on the move. Zane Cordy has signed a three-year deal with St Kilda. And Liam Jones, back to the Western Bulldogs. Raf, do you agree that Carlton deserved to be compensated for Jones going to the Bulldogs? It's a hard one. Um, Is he still a Carlton player? Obviously, it was very controversial how he left the system last year with the mandates and yep. all of that stuff. Um, do you think Carlton deserve a right to... Uh, well, I think if um, Carlton really wanted Liam back, you know, he probably would have went then. Yeah, if you didn't want him back and he's gone elsewhere, then I don't to be compensated. It's an interesting one. He played at Palm Beach Corumban this season in the Quaffle, which is a good standard competition, a little bit below the traditional state leagues like the Sandville, the Waffle or the VFL or something like that, but still a decent comp- competition. Is it going to be a hard adjustment to get back to AFL standard, Raph? Yeah, that's it's going to be it because, you know, the standard, don't matter where you play, you can match AFL standard. Even when you play, you know, an intra-club game in the preseason, it's still like, you know, not what expected to play each week. And so, you know, hopefully he's been putting in the kilometres off the field and his extra, for him to hand up, it obviously shows he has been and himself in. So, you know, 
I'm, I'm happy back out there. And uh, he, he was playing some sensational footy mm. back off, off that half-back line. And he was awesome, mate. So to see him back out there and to have a crack again at 32, that's... Uh, Jaden Hunt to West Coast. Dan Stay and Bobby Hill to Collingwood. Robbie, are the Pies a chance for the flag in 2023? Do you think the acquisition of McStay and Hill helped the Magpies? Extent, but Brody have tr- For sure. How do you structure that? Do you have Grundy as your main ruck and then Gornswood as a big ruck rover, or how does that work? Yeah, I'd probably have... SEN, Fridays at the top end, 16.11am, thanks to Rain and Horn, Darwin. Finding a place to write your next... Live on SEN Top End, 16.11am, this is Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark and Raf Clark. For Rain and Horn Darwin, find a place to write your next chapter. Live on SEN Top End, 16.11am, this is Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark and Raf Clark. For Rain and Horn Darwin, find a place to write your next chapter. Welcome back to SEN Fridays at the top end, 16, 11 a.m. Thanks to Rain and Horn, Darwin. We will love your listing. Raf, a trade that has piqued my interest a little bit is Blake Akers to, Car- to Carlton from the Fremantle Dockers. He was excellent in the semi final against Collingwood and had a lot of good games throughout the season. Is he an underrated footballer, Rob? Yeah, a few games is considering. Looking at his stats. Mm. Has the role of the wingman changed, Rob? I know Melbourne play their wingman, uh, Brayshaw and Langdon last year, especially and this year. They played almost as like defensive midfielders where they would start as traditional wingmen, occupy that wing role, but they would always be there as that almost last guy in defence when the ball would come down late. Yeah, having that ability, you're seeing that. Plenty more to come. Essendon CEO Andrew Thorburn stepped down just after one day. Very controversial. A little more on that later. Jason Horn Francis telling North Melbourne that he wants to be traded. We'll discuss that later. And plenty of NTFL stuff with Rob Hale and Raf Clark coming up next. This is SEN Fridays at the Top End. Live on SEN Top End, 16.11am. Welcome to Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark and Raf Clark. For Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Welcome back to SEN Fridays at the Top End, 16.11am. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. The NTFL opened up last weekend. It was round one. Very exciting times. Very interesting, too, was the opening round clash, the grand final rematch between Waratah and St. Mary's. Robert, two teams that you have had a lot to do with. Final score, the Warriors 21-12, 138, thrashed the Saints 5-7-37. Ed Morris, 29 disposals and four goals on debut for Waratah. Had a really good game. Arnold Kirby was excellent in the ruck. 19 disposals, 21 hitouts. Darcy Hope and Tom Benulis, I thought, were other strong targets in attack. I believe they were first gamers for the Warriors, but you might want to confirm that. Where did the Warriors win this game? Oh, Everywhere. I, th- I sort of think you don't know. I find that an interesting one because you're right. On paper, Waratah did look strong. They've got a lot of credentialed players from down south, but we've seen St. Mary's time and time again overperform, I suppose, or, or that culture being so strong that they haven't had their best team, but the 22 players that wear that green and gold jumper can put in a really strong competitive performance. I look at their team last week, and they had Jackson Calder, Nate Paredes, Dylan Lant, Nick Yaron, a couple of other really good players. Raf, would a 101-point loss, that's a disappointing way. There's no other way to write that about Saints' start of the season, is there? No, nah, mate, he was um, in the preseason. Um, like playing away, it's always hard. But, yeah, I definitely expected it. It was hard to watch a uh, big margin like that. Uh, 
Yeah, it just looked like Waratahs get go. Um, the way they played, the set up it really, really well off half back. Yeah, it was just frustrating. It's one of those putting the bit of stuff starts running through your mind, but no, my time roll. But <laughs> um, yeah, hopefully it's a wake up for the show. Uh, the Saints, it's a bit hard to get on, on ball for having the impact. So I feel sorry for the young fella, but it's probably a deep end that he trained really. Anthony Chopper Vallejo has got a lot of experience now as a coach. He's won the ultimate. He's got a flag under his belt. What would his message have been to the group this week? Yeah, it's a, it's a hard one, mate, because of your boys. And, yeah, I think it's um, just getting back. They were just outworked, so, you know, you got to do I think same like you players, you haven't really played two games. I think, you know, so you don't really get each other on it together. That's probably one. But I think Chopper's his experience make good players. I don't think he's, you know, panic, panic button and just going on disappointing. Waratah Robber are a team that always seem thereabouts. They seem like uh, at pre-season, it's, well, if we have our best team, we should be able to contend with Saints or Nycliffe or something like that. There almost seems like a different feel about the Warriors this year. It seems like they've come out round one and they want to stamp themselves as the big dogs of the competition. Do you think they are the very early premiership favourites? Do you think that the, the P word, the premiership yeah. word, is something that's been spoken about around the club? Too certain on that, but that's what I was going to say. I was going to, can I change my... Because <laughs> now I'm thinking the... Looking here. pretty steady, aren't they? Um, I've recently looked up the betting. Nycliffe, I think Nycliffe are the top three side, but it's played this. Maybe even at the Warriors, Durrett do have to met a couple yeah. of good had, but So A bank is a zero, but the other good players... Are... Yeah, that's it. Rob, I'll ask you guys. It's a point to... You know, I, I find it hard to have nine new players... And still fit up oh, 10 points. Or, yeah, so when I seen that Waratah new players get their Guernseys handed toes, so there's a loophole somewhere they fell, and I uh, think they'll have figured that out. Could be a bit of a KDFL loophole, is that true? Ka- yeah, yeah, Catherine KDFL, District yeah, Football yeah, League? Yeah, yeah. Big Joey Rivers, Anderson. rather? Ran into the shop the other day. I said, "Don't be gammon, Joe. You know all those are Catholic boys." <laughs> yeah, no, that's the thing. There's a, they're both. Like, yeah, I don't think I've seen any of those boys play a game daily. Any of the likes when I was down in <laughs> yeah, Catherine. Yeah. So to see them all out on Friday they're from night. Yeah, I thought so. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was um, that's all the Saints button jump on board. <laughs> oh, let's face it. It looks like we're slamming Waratah, but it's one of those don't hate the player, hate the game situations. Yeah, Every plenty of good players over the last couple of years have been at pints and banks that simply would have slotted into any Premier league team that perhaps could have been poached and of course you get them as zero pointers given their year in the reserves or the division one competition used to be called last one before we move on to the next ntfl games because we have spent a fair bit of time on the saints waratah game but it was the most important game of the round last week what do the warriors need to take that next step we talk about whether they're premiership favorites and we're sort of umming and ahhing and saying oh possibly probably what would the warriors need to do for you to say yep no that's it they are the premiership favorite uh, i'm not thinking it's something saint mary although saint mary um and saints here so i think what's been the fright from the start that interesting palmerston 16 13 109 defeated the tiwi bombers 7 7 49 Mate, I almost fell off my chair when I checked the stats during the week and saw Baxter Mensch on debut in the NTFL. 43 disposals, three goals, three. Now, that is their big numbers in any competition, but the NTFL, we're talking about in the last three or four years, maybe two or three or four players have hit the 40 possession mark. To come in in your first game and get 43 touches, three goal, three, 14 marks, whatever else he had, did you notice calling the game? Because sometimes it is hard when these new players come to town to really to really get a grasp of them. Did you notice Mench's influence on the game? Not really. Last call three, and then I so then I thought, oh yeah, broadcast. better give him a vote now. Yeah, I said no. I said the, you know now you can sort of see maybe Mench as they tag they tag three out of it and Mench. I said the mm-hmm. and then obviously the stats come out and then it's sort of like okay. <laughs> oh mate, if there was yeah. super coach, you'd be a captain, wouldn't he? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then for anyone to, who hasn't played in Darwin before, I think they played it. You know that one thirty yeah. or two o'clock. Yeah. What time did they play? About three o'clock. So to run around in that heat and then get that many touches, mate. That 
I can't get 43 touches at training, mate. Yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> that is a big, big effort. Yeah, I it's a big engine. In that gap, they, they pints and round three. Yeah, just on that, Tristan Wack had a really good game in the ruck. Uh, Eric Guthrie continued where he left off, had heavy attention yeah. by the opposition, but still finished with 24 disposals. Eddie Betts, Cam Pedersen, Mench and Joshua Scott all finished with three goals for the Magpies. Did that performance on the weekend change any of your predictions? We've been a little bit harsh on the Magpies. Not harsh, but I suppose uh, putting the expectation on them that it's time to deliver now. Was that a step in the right direction on the weekend? I think Palmerston will be able to get... Eddie Betts has really brought into Palmerston and the NTFL, hasn't he? I was so happy to see him playing on the weekend. A 60-point loss to the Tiwi Bombers. Obviously not a great start on paper, but I think it's going to be very repetitive, Raph, if we come here every Friday morning and talk about, well... The Bombers lost by 43 points, or the Bombers lost by 71 points. Wasn't that disappointing? How do we judge Tiwi Bombers this season? No, mate, I think it's just back out there. They sat mm. out the upper last year. Um, but, yeah, just to see him back out there, mate, and the Tiwi boys, once this one starts to again, we know they've got lots of match any side when they're up and about. So, you know, getting that young group working hard together, good to see Mikey Coons back out there. I think missed the last two or three uh, footy with injury. Um, you know, so you get guys like him fit. Yeah, you know, get a couple of matches of their belt. Um, you know, I reckon that in about three or four weeks' time, Tia, we are going to straps. Playing a lot better footy, and Brenton Toy does look to those players. It's good to see him. I'm just happy to see Robbie, last one for me on this game. Did the Bombers have any young kids that impressed you? I watched the game briefly. I watched the replay as well, and I thought that young Singlippo shows a lot of talent, has played some very good football in the under-18s competition. I believe he's an Abala medalist. Uh, and I think young William Mankara as well was one that I... Would like to see a little more of. He's been training with the Darwin Buffaloes in the preseason and looking really good. Who are the, some of the Bombers' young kids that have been impressing you? Those, those are the lip I was think they had about and getting those. Back, I don't understand. We do need to go to a break, but just a quick one, and I'm probably opening up a can of worms here by how complex this question could be. But where is the f- line between Tiwi Bombers creating a side that is a development program that is basically something for good Tiwi Islands Football League players to aspire to and something to help social uh, development on the islands versus a purely just an NTFL football team that is trying to win games of football? I know they were criticised a couple of years ago by sometimes running out with teams with eight or nine interstate players and they would say hey is this really what the Tiwi Bombers is about where is that line between winning and getting results and and being like simply just a, a social development team uh, for the Tiwi Islands yeah I think if you ask the Tiwi Islands they don't wouldn't like to see their boys lose everything mm. so I think they do like to buy in from you know better players they no matter where they're from mm-hmm. um, because like any club you team getting a hide in every, and they know these boys can learn stuff of players that come from elsewhere um, yeah. that's probably my thought on it in their prim- they went with a Tiwi, but it's a couple of mine. That big, long, big, solid spine, I think, yeah, the Tiwi boys, and just some 6'2", six, six, six um, yeah, Two more NTFL games to go to, and then a preview of all the round two action coming up. This is SEN Fridays at the top end, 16, 11 a.m., thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your neck. Live on SEN Top End, 16, 11 a.m., this is Fridays in the Top End, with Jackson Clark and Raf Clark for Rain and Horn Darwin. Find a place to write your next chapter. Live on SEN Top End, 16.11am. This is Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark and Raf Clark. For Rain and Horn Darwin, find a place to write your next chapter. Welcome back to SEN Fridays at the Top End, 16.11am. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin, we will love your listing. Robbie, the new boys, Pint entered the competition last weekend. They were defeated. Nycliffe, 9-9-63, defeated the Pints, 5-4-34. Sorry, I did throw to you, Robbie, but Raph, I want your 
opinion on this. Did that result go as expected, just on face value? It was an extremely wet game, so it was very hard to get a great read on either team. But a 29-point win to the Tigers, is that what you thought? Yeah, mate. They've done the job what they had expected them to win. Um, but, you know, when I flicked it over and chucked it on, I seen that Pines hit the first goal. I was this is going to be a missing one. So I did watch till about half-time, and once Knockler started taking really control of that game, which is what you expected, your leaders and Cam Island and Philo um, started controlling the, you know, Pines, well done in your first You know, everyone did know what to expect, but to, to go down by only 29 points to the side that's played in the last three or four mm. grand finals, good, good work by Shana Rioli and the Pines crew. Exactly, an extremely wet game, but there were so many unknowns. So to get within five goals isn't too bad a result. I know there were some people who were saying, oh, look, Pint are really going to struggle. We're talking, you know, 20, 25 goal floggings here. Others have said, no, they'll be very competitive. So 29 points is certainly closer to the competitive side of things, despite never really challenging Nycliffe. It wasn't a particularly close game, uh, but they stuck in there the whole way. A couple of young Nycliffe kids I thought went really, really well, particularly Phoenix, Joe Poole and Adrian Scott. Peter Politis is a second-year player, and he performed really good. Robbie, how important is it that Nycliffe continue to blood their junior? Politis, Pints are commentators. That's an interesting one. Pints go up against Palmas. Yeah, I think Pint with Shannon Motlop would be happy with the way... I think they've got a team that can always be competitive in games. They have a lot of, like, disciplined-looking footballers, uh, footballers that have played pretty good standards down south. So even in these games where they're outclassed, say, against the Nycliffe, I don't think they're going to get absolutely blown out of the water just due to their competitiveness, that and sort of stuff. Really yeah, he was really good. Uh, one thing with Pines is, but, yeah. um, and that's, you know, the you know, past five or six years, how yep. consistent they are, and you're going to do a good, cr- that's that's full credit to Pines, four or five years, to take in the, like we said, you know, they get flogged like St. Mary's, they're the reigning premiers, Seinfeld. Hey, we're a bit soft on this show. We stick to our opinions a little bit close and, and we don't go out on a limb here. So let's put it out on the table. Robert, how many wins will Pint get this year? Give I've me had, a number. I've, had, I've got them on one. So I've got them on one. I've got a day. But R- yeah, it's an interesting... Oh, I'll go a bit here and I'll say three. Um, you know, you never know. They've probably got some good players lined up coming we haven't heard about yet. Uh, I think just getting used to the standard this year and you never know. Um, you might get that turn up too cocky and all of a sudden you get five or six goals up in front and you know to hold on and shut it down. I'll back him in, good coach. Yeah, Shannon Motlop has been on the record too, went on to our show, SEN yeah, Top End, a couple of weeks ago, yeah. and he did say that it was going to be a difficult year for his club. I don't think he's under any illusions that he's going to storm in and win a flag in his first year, thing like that. Uh, are we under agreeance that it will probably be Tiwi and Pint battling it out for the bottom two spots? As well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Brody Philo was solid. Cameron Nylett had 14 tackles, which is huge. That was only one or two off the all-time NTFL record held by Dom Brew. Sean Wilson topped the disposal count for Nycliffe. It's pretty impressive, Rob, that these veterans continue to show up each year, doesn't it? Buffalo. Massive. The final game of the round, Darwin Buffaloes 12-7-79 defeated Wanderers 8-9-57. Buffaloes were able to overcome a late charge by the Eagles. Nycliffe recruit Liam Holt-Fitz was impressive in his first outing in double blue colours, showing his class and finishing with three goals. Kane Riley and Kevin Maroney were excellent in defence, while on-ballers John Verodos and Ryan Pendlebury worked hard all night. Was this a result that surprised you, Raf? Yeah, mate. I thought one. They had a very solid. You know, a lot of their new players. Good side from last year. You know, there's a lot of new players. And uh, yeah, Buffaloes were awesome. I I tuned and watched that three quarters of the game to see Kane Riley. I think that's what they really control the game. 
So Kane Riley was awesome, always going to be dangerous with your time in it. And he stood up and gave him three goals, so I'm forward onto the, the Buffaloes boys. Are they genuine inclusions that can move the needle for the Buffaloes and, and drive them up the ladder? Those Liam Holt Fitz, Coco Nicky, uh, Kane yeah. Riley types, they, yeah. are they going to make a genuine difference or do you think they're just good depth players? And also, and this I know changes the question drastically, but let's not forget Don Brew will make his debut this weekend for the Buffaloes, a Nichols medalist. So that Nycliffe contingent, will they, will they help the Buffaloes? Surely. Definitely. That'll take... Yep. Do you... Because... I don't want to put words into your mouth here, but I know I get the impression that you think that the story of that game almost was how disappointing Wanderers were as opposed to how good the Buffaloes were. Is that a correct statement? Prepping then, for the show. Yep. Thursday, wasn't it? Yep. And I seen Wanderers' side and I changed the tip. To, um, <laughs> see, I don't know their back line. When you train at a football club, you get just a greater insight because you can see how hard a player is training. Bradley Stokes had 27 disposals and seven tackles. They are some big, big numbers. He has definitely put in the best preseason that he has ever had in his life. He's leading all the running at yeah. Buffaloes. He's put in a lot of work into his football. A player like that, when they are switched on and focused and getting the best out of themselves, their ceiling can be very, very high, can't they? But it was a couple of times, and Bradley's and a couple of times, and a couple of times going in. Didn't get in the best by buffs either, nah, surprisingly. So. And last one before we go to the news, Stephen Motlop, 26 disposals, two goals. I was very impressed with Stephen's first game in the top end. It's not easy. Raf, obviously, you have the most experience out of anyone on this table going from the AFL back to the NTFL. But I thought he looked like a genuine game-breaker and one that's going to cause some real damage on the competition, Raf. Yeah, definitely. And um, like we asked him last week, he placed it. And I sort of mentioned just let him go get the... He'll find the what he has to do. And he was awesome. A couple of times, there, like Rob has mentioned, with the handball, even while like running past, and bloke's G's going to kick it another yeah. twist and probably hit someone lace out. So, yeah, that was a big couple of times i seen that. I was like, even while you're going to hear about that later. So, yeah. I forgot who it was. I won't point. I forgot who it was um, a couple of times. But, yeah, Stephen and his job and his teammates probably led. SEN Fridays at the top end. Plenty more to come. We need to talk about NTFL round two. We need to go through the AFL trades. And we do have Brent Renoff, the NT under-18 State Academy coach. After the break, this is Rain and Horn Darwin. We will love your... Ben, 16.11am. Welcome to Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark and Raf Clark. For Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Welcome back to SEN Fridays at the Top End, 16.11. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. We will love your listing. We are joined now by the Northern Territory State Academy coach, in Brent Renner. Thanks for joining us this morning. No worries. Thank you for having me. Hey, Brent, just the first one right off the top. A uh, pretty new position for you. How have you found the caper? Yeah, it's been uh, it's been good. It was uh, pretty full on. Uh, joined joined in February, and our first game was in about three weeks after I started on the job. So I had to get to know some players, and um, yeah, pretty much full on right through till July, August, and um, yeah, got my head around it now. And it's a big job, but it's um, it's it's a good one, and it's you know working with the kids is enjoyable. What are some of the challenges? of the job that some people may not know about. For me, I think it would be the challenge to try and create an elite environment around a team with so many players based in different parts of the country. Is it a challenge trying to bring players in from so many different areas? Because it's not just uh, around the Northern Territory. There's a lot of players going to school down south. Is that a challenge? And what are some of the other challenges for you? Yeah, definitely. That's a huge challenge. Um, I think on the that first game with the, the under-18s boys, uh, you know, I had, I think it was seven training sessions so three weeks um and the night before the game we flew down to melbourne i met 10 of the players the night before the game they, they came from school or from alice springs so mm. it definitely adds a you know a tough aspect to sort of creating that team environment 
Um, in saying that, we're going to put some things in place to um, hopefully improve that in the next few years. So one of those things will be hopefully implementing a, an annual camp in December and January so we can bring those kids and get them together at the start of the year off their campaign. Um, but yeah, massive challenge. Over the course of the year, you've got the 16s boys, 16s girls, 18s boys and 18s girls. Um, so four teams, and I think there was about 150 kids that, um, 150 names that came across my desk. So I had to learn 150 names, get a read on them, watch them at training, figure out um, who's a, who's up to the level, who's not, and then try and put them together into a team of um, 24 to travel down to Victoria. So, yeah, it's, it's very challenging. Brent? As you know, as a football in general is a results-driven industry and people see our young team getting pumped on the national scale, I certainly do not want to have a negative approach to this because it is such a challenging role. But how do we become more competitive on the field? And, and a second part to that question is, are you able to pick your best team every week? I know there were some weeks there that um, I believe Alwyn Davy Jr. was preparing for other stuff down south. Of course, he eventually ended up representing Vic Metro. Um, and not the allies at the, at the championships. I saw one week there, I think, Bo Ted Castle may have opted to play for his NAB League club uh, over, over the NT Thunder. Is that something that, because I'm really on the outside here, that's just what I'm noticing. Is that a concern? Are you able to pick your best team, and how do we become more competitive? Oh, look, I mean, if, if you, you go by results, um, it's, it's a bit of a narrow-minded um, outlook. Uh, we're, we're there to, at the State Academy is there to develop the players and develop the kids. Um, my view is that those players that are in that top bracket that have moved down south to go to boarding school and they're in a good program like the Oakley Chargers and Big Metro, then they need to stay in that program and develop their football where they are. Um, and this year, the, the, those two boys, Bo Ted Castle and Alan Davy, it was their choice to play for their respective NAB League clubs. Um, Bo wanted to play the Ballarat and Alan wanted to play the Oakley and they both had really good seasons. Um, but, yeah, it does make it tough. You, obviously, as a coach who you, you think about win-loss, you want to grab your best players and you want to play them all together and you want to win a game. Um, but if you look at it on the other side of the coin, um, that means that there's three or four spots opened up to develop some kids here in the Territory. So there's three, three or four spots in the team that um, we can put into couple of the boys or girls that are up here we get to train them we get to develop them we get to get the fundamental skills into them and get them up to speed so true yeah, it's a bit of a, a bit of a catch it, sorry too. it doesn't doesn't yeah. look good on my my uh coaching record i suppose but um it, it's not about that it's about the kids it's about developing the footy up here in the territory getting our local clubs on board getting them to train train these kids harder um get more of the basics into them so that they can compete when we take them on the plane down to Melbourne. I think an underrated aspect about the Thunder program is how it has been able to develop really good NTFL players and really good state league players. And just because you don't necessarily make the AFL doesn't mean that that program was a failure. But you're right. I think that um, if you're looking at win-loss ratio, it would be very unfair to put the blame on yourself or put the blame on the Thunder program 
entirely. I think the NTFL clubs as well um, need to take a lot of responsibility. And, of course, the players themselves uh, to prepare so they are at a standard to compete with these states down south. Hey, I will throw to Raf very, very soon, but I want to ask you about Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody. About 12 months ago, I was sitting here thinking that he was one of the most exciting young talents that I've seen uh, from the territory. He has played some really good football in the Premier League, has played some really good football in the for West Adelaide in the under-18s. How high do you see how high do you see Anthony McDonald Tipping Woody's potential? Sorry, not McDonald Tipping, Anthony Mankara, rather. I think, I think you must be talking wrong. about Anthony Mankara. Anthony yeah. Mankara, formerly Anthony yeah, Prince yeah. Maria. I know Anthony Mankara well. I've got my notes wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, that's all right. Mankara, he was um, training with Bus. He's a good fella. What, tell us about him. Yeah, but both both relevant because um, McDonald Tipping Woody is looking to make a comeback. Exactly. Apparently. Maybe they can but, play um, together at the Essence, at Bombers. Yeah, that'd be that'd be exciting. But um, yeah, no, Anthony Mankara. Um, obviously, he's got all the talent in the world. It's just about um, getting the right support around him to um, give him the best chance if he if he does um, go to an AFL mm-hmm. club. Um, and we've seen in recent um, times with the media and that sort of stuff, it's important that he gets the right support around him to to um, you know help him on his journey. But in terms of talent, raw talent, he obviously got um, got bucket loads of that. And it's just about putting that all together for him. Hey, Brent. Uh, uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, yeah, speaking on talent and the upcoming draft, you know, the young guy through uh, insight and eventual to be drafted, Castle, and those and those likes, and the possibility drafted is pretty high. I, I'd imagine. Yeah, Owen Davy um, Junior. I think you know he's a real chance. He's had a really solid season for um, Oakley Chargers and and part of the national carnival. Um, Lloyd Johnson is a is one you know who's yeah, yep. I suppose he's taken a different path. He hasn't gone to boarding school. He's stayed up here to show you know that you can do it from Darwin. Um, he's had a couple of weeks at Gold Coast during the year. He's really you know committed. He's been training well. I think I think he'll do really well at the draft combine in the next two days. Um, they're all down there at the moment. So you got Anthony Mankara, Lloyd Johnson, um, Alan Davy, and both Ted Castles doing the state combine. So. Um, I think you'll see some good results from Lloyd and hopefully he realises his dream and gets picked up by an AFL club. Yeah, awesome, um, both, 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 yeah, sorry, both, both, yeah, sorry. both had a solid year. Both Ted Castle had a really solid year. Hopefully someone takes a, um, you know, puts some interest in him and gives him a chance. I think he's capable. Um, another one that needs that support and, you know, needs that tough training to um, realise his potential. Yeah, definitely. And, mate, thanks for the insight, especially with the draft comp. Um, yeah, is there any uh, smokies do you think, mate, that have gone under the radar? You know, some clubs might have rang you up and young guys that just missed out. Oh, they didn't. There's always a couple of guys. Regards. Yeah, smokies, the smoky. We probably haven't spoken. Um, I'm not. I don't think so. From up here, if I'm honest. Yep. Um, uh, we've got a really good group coming through the 16. So that, that 16, 17 year old age at the moment. Um, there's a handful of quite talented youngsters there. You've got Waylon Davey, Clay Shadforth, Adrian Scott, um, you know, three or four really good um, talents coming through in the next couple of years. But in terms of this year, I think the ones that have gone to the combine are pretty much our strongest um, possibilities. Hey, so, yeah. Brent, it's Jacko again. Do you have many discussions with parents about the best pathway for these kids? Because your answer before surprised me, not in a bad way, but I thought that given your role, 
you would need to take the approach of saying, no, the best pathway for your child is to remain in the Northern Territory system and to remain in the State Academy. Um, I was surprised how, I suppose, I know that the State Academy now can understand the benefits to these children, these, these young kids going down south because they get their schooling education looked after as well. Do you have any discussions with parents about the best pathway for their child? Oh, look, what I said before was that if they are on that journey, to keep them on that journey, I'm not going to say, um, you know, come back to the Territory, it's way better here. What, what, I'm, what I'm saying is I support those families that choose that path of boarding, boarding school. Um, absolutely, we need to improve our program in the Territory so that our kids don't have to leave. That, that, that would be my, my view, is that, that you can see a, see a genuine pathway in the Territory and not have to... Um, travel down south to go to boarding school but I, 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 again I can't make those decisions for those families um, so yeah I, I mean if we can get our program in the Territory running really smoothly and, and we start seeing kids getting drafted then all of a sudden the next group see that pathway and realise that they don't have to necessarily go to boarding school um, hang on please I'm talking um, sorry guys I've got the kids in the background um, yeah so I mean yeah what Oh, it might have got me um, mixed right, up mate, there. Uh, but... Speaking of on programs, Brent, I think I can speak on my experiences. Like uh, when I came through, we had a really good setup through the NTIS program. We didn't have the Thunder Academy like they do these days. And it was all about, I think there was about 20 of us who got offered a scholarship. So you really had to put the work and show that you belonged. There was only so many spots. So I don't know whether, I, I see these days at it, it, this stage, I'm not trying to say, that, you know, that I had to go the hard path, but back then there were less games in the state. There was less cameras watching every game. Um, so you actually had to do the work you were. So in, in that while my period, I think we had about seven or eight boys get drafted directly at Darwin. Um, I, I'm all for it, mate, with making the program better. And, and I believe this by your coaching and your, I think you're definitely the better of the job. So, yeah, um, hopefully, mate, there's, that's a lot of can stay in with us straight up. Yeah, absolutely. And that... You know, we've got um, Majo McLean on board as well and, and Simon Hargrave and Rob Moore. So we're building a really good team together. Um, and, you know, to answer Jackson's question, we are starting to build that relationship with the local clubs, with the parents, with the families, to try and get that support network around these kids earlier um, so that we can give them the best chance over a, a four-year period. You know, if we identify them as a 15-year-old, they come in as a 16-year-old and, um, and you leave as an 18-year-old and you've developed as a person and as a player. Um, and whether you go on to AFL or not, you, you might service the local club up here for 200 games. You might play state league down south for 200 games, but you leave the, the program a better person and that's, that's our goal. Thanks very much, Brent. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thank you, Brent. No worries, guys. Thanks a lot. SEN Fridays at the top end, 16.11am. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. We will love your listening. Live on SEN Top End, 16.11am. This is Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark and Raf Clark. For Rain and Horn Darwin, find a place to write your next chapter. Live on SEN Top End, 16.11am. This is Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark and Raf Clark. For Rain and Horn Darwin, find a place to write your next chapter. SEN Fridays at the top end, seen 11am. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin, we will love your listing. Raf, a big week as always in the trade world. 
Griffin Logue and Darcy Tucker have left Fremantle to join North Melbourne. Mate, when rebuilding a team, is it important to get some mature age players in to help that younger core? And I'm not just talking about at AFL level. We see that at NTFL uh, and in country leagues as well. Do you have to get those mature players in? Yeah, definitely. There's young guys. I think AFL, but even local. You look what happened with the Buffaloes on the weekend, having three premiership players join them from the Buffaloes, you know, and they play big. Having mature age players, no matter what, it's always going to Gold Coast, Josh Corbett to the Dockers. Tom Berry joins the Gold Coast Suns from Brisbane. And Carl Amon to Hawthorne. He polled the most votes at Port Adelaide this year in the Brownlow and is a good running player. Has signed a big, big deal for the Hawks. Is that a good fit? Yeah, mate. I, I, I like the way he plays. Yeah, he'll fit in nicely on popping those guys. At... Geelong are having an active trade period. Jack Bowes has nominated the Cats as preferred club and they look like securing pick seven and Bowes from the Suns. Ollie Henry from Collingwood also looks on the way there. It's crazy how they can win a flag and still have this much optimism. Are they the best run club in the AFL? By the looks of it, mate, and that speaks highly of it. You've got players wanting them. Um, it always more for premiership, always in it, because that's what we play footy for at the end of the day. You, you want to be... SEN Fridays at the top end, 16.11am. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Live on SEN Top End, 16.11am, this is Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark and Raf Clark for Rain and Horn Darwin. Find a place to write your next chapter. Live on SEN Top End, 16.11am, this is Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark and Raf Clark for Rain and Horn Darwin. Find a place to write your next chapter. SEN Fridays at the top end, 16, 11am. Thanks to Rain and Horn, Darwin. We will love your listing. Raf, Tim Taranto has officially joined the Tigers. Jacob Hopper, another midfielder from the Giants, is likely on the way. Does that propel the Tigers right back into Premiership? Yeah, definitely, mate. And I, like when we spoke about the finals, because I were the ones that were going to surprise everybody. The finals experience had out there. So this definitely them in that Premiership. Taranto, staff of the group, those guys. Um, keeps the Tigers right up and then those top four, top five teams. And like your brother said last week, they kind of uh, banked a lot of young players in last year's draft. So it's probably not the end of the world trading out a couple of early picks. Harry Mackay extends his contract with Carlton for seven more seasons. Raf, what are your thoughts on these long-term deals? Yeah, mate, it's an interesting one because we all know in footy, wrong step or wrong, wrong tackle, you know, you'd cost you a couple, yeah. of, a couple of seasons. So it's interesting that clubs are turning to these long-term deals. Exactly. You would have been handy in your Saints days to have a seven-year deal, wouldn't it? Yeah, mate. Um, but then again, a bit comfortable and uh, take it easy. That's the case. So good on him for getting a long deal, but... Yeah, I don't like them. Plenty more to come on SEN Fridays at the top end. We do have the news and we'll be back straight after this. Live on SEN Top End, 16.11am. Welcome to Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark and Raph Clark for Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Welcome back to SEN Fridays at the Top End, 16.11am. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin. We will love your... An interesting situation is going on at the moment, Raph, with Josh Dunkley, the Western Bulldogs' best and fairest winner. He's trying to get to the Brisbane Lions, but they can't work out a deal, and the Dogs are reportedly letting him walk in the preseason draft. Surely that... It's crazy to let you know, your top four or five players go, but running best and... Yeah. Uh, whether it's a bluff like um, mm. you mentioned earlier, mate, you know, and they want more for him, which they obviously deserve. If you're going to let your best and first player go to another club, you'd, you'd want um, 
He just Jason Horn Francis. What's he gonna do? Yeah, mate. Um, wants to get the port. He Adelaide. wants to get the port. Um, the stuff that's come out about North Melbourne. Oh, not with North Melbourne, but with um, Clarks and you know. Uh, so, do you think that's had an impact? Yeah, definitely, because uh, we we seen the talks of before it all happened out that Horn Francis committed to stay with North because he mm. caught up with the Clarks and looked like they got along really well and looking forward to the season and now all this and throwing the spanner and will maybe uncomfortable. Our players been the past players. Yeah, he probably does caught up and you know get out, get a fresh start, and get back to his hometown. Um, Horn Francis is, his father is an Indigenous person, Fabian Francis, who used to play for uh, Port Adelaide Football Club. So there is a little bit of that romanticism returning to the power uh, where his stepfather played a lot of good football. How good a player do you think Horn Francis can become? Oh, mate, he come and, you know, that game up here against the Suns, I, I was lucky to commentate that game the way he went about it. You thought he was, you know, their captain, most experienced midfield, the effort, the team didn't have the ball, the pressure, the how hard he tackles, the body size of six or seven years. So, you know, if you get him in a good space, um, you know, hopefully we see that next matter where he ends up playing, but you know, play his footy, nothing to worry about in the comp. Cheers you feel for North Melbourne, though. How are these bottom teams supposed to get better if their first-rounders can leave after one year? Now, it doesn't happen all the time, but it, it does happen. And is there anything the AFL can do about it? Yeah, mate, I think there's... I always do a club or some clubs more three-year front. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I feel the AFL might have to place it at least from then on it, if you like. But Well, I think some people are suggesting four years. Should top ten picks, maybe? So they could probably dif- differentiate between top ten where AFL clubs are investing more time yeah, and money. That, into. that would be a really good option, because then... It, like you know, got, I've got four to settle in to make something. Else. Yeah, four years picked, I reckon. This is what David King had to say about the Jason situation. I think sometimes as a club you can be super strong and say we're not just we're not just accepting what a manager says. Um, we, we're a footy club here. We're going to back ourselves in. You got another year of contract. I, I, I'm not concerned that he's unhappy at the moment. You can work through that. We've seen that hundreds of times across the across the system. Uh, if the deal's not right. There's no need to do it. It's it's a big it's a big investment from the Kangaroos. Pick one last year. Yeah. You know, there's there's enough gone wrong this year to say, well, hang, hang on, enough's enough. As a football club, we're taking a stand. So pretty strong words there by David. Is it risky for a football club to hold a player to their contract and hold them at their club when they clearly don't want to be there? I know that the Giants tried to do that the other year uh, with Cam McCarthy, I believe it was, and he was like, no, you know what, stuff you. I'm, I'm going back to Perth anyway. I'm going to spend this year drinking with my mates. Um, that might not be fair on McCarthy, but <laughs> essentially those uh, that sentiment. Is it risky to have Horn Francis... Uh, Staying at the ruse if he's like, look, guys, I want to get out. Yeah, it's a hard one, mate, especially when you know what Clarko's looks like. Um, and that's the thing, like, if if, if Clarko, um, you know, doesn't end up coaching and they go and get a coach that, you know, is a perfect fit for Horn Francis, and but he's already at the door, then if you're a North Melbourne supporter and a player and part of that group. So, you know, that's very good words by King, and I back him in on that one. The club needs to stand up. You need the value, don't yeah, you? That's, you're like, nah, he's our player. You're mm. on our list. You're contracted to us. You've got to see out your contract, mate. If you don't want to play, you can run around reserves, um, but you're staying here. I suppose when people talk about the obligation to a contract, it's a little bit different given that young kids are drafted. They don't necessarily make this choice, even though from all reports, Horn Francis was very happy to join the Kangaroos. There's that now almost cringy photo that hasn't dated very well of Horn Francis sleeping in his Kangaroos jumper after he got picked up. So... Um, it is very tough, though, Raph, isn't it, to balance like player well-being and their contractual obligation. If you're a young kid, uh, say from Western Australia, I know Xavier, your brother mentioned Shea Bolton, and when, when he first arrived at the Tigers, it can be very difficult balance player well-being and contractual obligations, can't it? 
Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, I think the the good thing Helmut Francis got like can get on a plane and you're in Adelaide in an hour. So if you're feeling homesick and you want to get home, you can go on a Thursday night and be Friday up. And, you know, if I had that sort of you know, feeling crook and I wanted to go home and it you know, had to fly back to Darwin and you'd have to spend three or four days and you know flights to Darwin, but we're all red eye and one o'clock in the morning and nothing suits us up here. So yeah, it's a tough one, and I think I'd really like him to stay. I'd rather work through, you know, a bit of unsettlement. And, you know, if stuff about Clarko in the clear and the North Melbourne keep him, like I said, the Horn Francis has got stayed now. So, yeah, I, I'd, if I was North Melbourne, I'd be, like like King said in that interview, stand up, make us your stay here. A player who was in a similar position a couple of years ago was Tom Boyd. I just, fingers crossed, hope that Jason has very good representation around him, people who are being frank about the positives and negatives of his decision. The challenges he, he will invariably face if a trade goes through and the fact that expectations need to rise, they won't. But at the same time, he needs to make decisions again based on the best outcomes that he can find for both his career and his life as a whole. They're going to be an exciting team next year, aren't they? Horn Francis and Junior Rioli running around. Yeah, mate. Get across to Port Adelaide, that finals contention, I think. But they did lose a foot. Aim on. Yeah. So maybe that's a perfect replacement. Horn Freebastale, no matter where. What else do the power need? I'm thinking a key defender. Is there anything off the top of your head? I know they had a disappointing year this year made the preliminary final last year. Um, and there'll be a lot of pressure on Ken Hinckley, won't there? We won't go too much into power, but where, where do you see their outlook for 2023? Yeah, definitely. Um, They've they still got a good squad, I believe. I think they um, maybe, I don't know whether they didn't work hard enough or they, their game plan worked, but I, I thought going from before that they were going to be competitive mm. and play finals for yourself surprised they were almost shell-shocked from that big prelim loss in 2021 yeah definitely it's it like they were still playing in the past they didn't come out and refreshed and ready to go and it looked like they were playing you know still thinking about mm. what happened last year almost so i think they've still got a good list um and if it all can they get horn francis get junior in there and get him forward line kick some goals uh, automatic yeah ceo essen and ceo andrew thorburn stepped down after just one day in the job after it came to light, his involvement as the chair of the City on a Hill Church movement, which has controversies about abortion and same-sex relations. It has been such a crazy time for the Bombers. Raf, what are your thoughts? Yeah, mate, it's uh, it's one of those, uh, you got to be, no matter what who you are, what you've done in the past, in this day and age, but yeah, I, I mentioned my bit of St Kilda last year, and um, you know, it's ended up in the, at my permission, or... Yep. So, yeah, you know, I feel for the bloke. And, it's a different know, world, 22, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, and mate. And there's, uh, the, I'm not talking about things being hidden or anything, mm. but, um, you know, you, you never know what could come back and bite you. So in that regards, I'd better be careful what I say because um, it might end up in the paper. <laughs> I think uh, it was probably hard for him to positions to be the leader of Essen, which are a club that supports diversity and marriage and issues like that. Um, while also remain his role at the church. So a yeah. bit of a conflict just there. This is what AFL Chief Executive Gil McLaughlin had to say about it. I've spoken to Andrew. He's a, a first-class person. I regard him as a friend. He's got great values. And, and I'm really clear that everyone is entitled to their, to their beliefs and um, certainly their religious beliefs. But at times there are, you know, the, those beliefs can intersect with the, the values and, and culture of entities. And when you've been asked to lead one that seems to be at odds with the beliefs of, of another entity you're chairing. I think um, uh, Andrew uh, had to make a decision. And, and, and to be honest with you, that, that he went with his faith doesn't surprise me because he's a person of great conviction. And in the end, I, I wasn't surprised, I guess, by the decision. Raph, last one before we throw to a break. How important is off-field stability for a club? Do the players worry about that kind of thing or are players more just worried about, I'm, I'm simply worried about my spot in the 22, I need to... 
Yeah, mate. Um, oh, I'm talking on my points. Is I, uh, I had my brother, so mm-hmm. the office support was there. Um, yeah. My brother living the first time I've lived away from home, and my brother. So, uh, but yeah, support anywhere you go. Don't matter playing for just move cities to change you'd, you'd like to know people around the place that you can catch up with when you, you're having off days no matter what so definitely in, in that environment professional what the sport is. if there are issues at a club like let's say for example you're playing St Kilda and you're hearing a rumor that Ross Lyons on the move or Grant Thomas is going to get sacked do you does that affect you or do you think that's more something that could probably affect some of the older players in the team like a Nick Revolt or someone like that is it something that that explicitly worried you? Uh, yeah, I definitely think it was. Because, you know, Grant Thomas, uh, Rossi Lyon, they, you know, they really had a good relationship with the players. And yeah. Grant Thomas was like like your um, uncle. The amount of times where he had uh, the players around for a barbecue, we had we spent more time at probably Grant Thomas's house than chats at the club. So, <laughs> you know, that's that's Grant Thomas's role. And that Robert Grant Thomas was awesome. And same with Rossi Lyon. He was always there, you know, what you wanted. And Rossi's mm. door was always... So I think it would have affected the whole group. You heard a river coach in my eyes, those two coaches. And it would probably be the same as the coaches like McRae and those guys. You see important in their buy-in they have with their players. Yeah. The relationship is awesome. Chris got to, I think, a person that yeah, improved in that area as well. Raph, plenty of NTFL stuff that we need to digest after this break. This is SEN Fridays at the Top End, 10, 11 a.m. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your name. Live on SEN Top End, 16, 11 a.m. This is Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark and Raph Clark. For Rain and Horn Darwin, find a place to write your next chapter. Live on SEN Top End, 1611 AM. This is Fridays in the Top End with Jackson Clark and Raph Clark. For Rain and Horn Darwin, find a place to write your next chapter. Welcome back to SEN Fridays at the Top End, 1611 AM. It is now time for your Rain and Horn Darwin update. And there are a couple of properties open for inspection on Saturday. The first one is a 16 Black Spear Court in Zicoli. This is a four-bedroom, two-bathroom house. This house showcases what can be achieved in the family-orientated suburb of Zicoli. Designed and executive lovingly, this could be your new family home. Close to schools, daycares, Zicoli Plaza, and walking distance to quiet parks. Can be a convenient centre for your life and yours for just 620000 Open this Saturday from 10 to 10.30. That's good though. I made a... Collie is a very nice spot for young families. (laughs) So I would get down and check that one out if you're an up-and-coming family. For sure, Raf. So property two, we've got Jackson. is 14 Bedford Court and Jurak NT. Four bedrooms, two bathroom house. This four-bedroom, low-maintenance house has been recently painted throughout with thoughtful upgrades. Located at the fringe of the family-friendly suburb of Jurak. It's not on Ophid or Prop into Palmerston for a shopping or onto Tiger Burn and head straight into the city on the market for 5.60. Come and have a look this Saturday from 9.15 to 9.45. Another awesome property there, Raf. Thanks very much for that. Rain and Horn Darwin, go check them out. We're back here at Fridays at the Top End, 16.11 a.m. Hey, Raf, I saw something pretty cool during the week. Do you want to share that stuff about Charlie Ma? He's such an amazing athlete. Yeah, mate, it's an incredible story. Charlie Ma, person to complete awesome. Yeah, through the Rob DiCostello program, he started the marathon program, and um, you know my brother, youngest brother Marius, was lucky enough to join that, and he was meant to do the New York Marathon, um, but 
that's when the, uh, the hurricane hit that year. Oh, yeah. and, um, he actually back a couple of years and like, he finally got to Singapore Marathon. To see him do that, it's incredible. So for Charlie to lead the way, um, ones in the world, it's incredible. So shout out to Charlie. Um, on the, you know, I hope you, there's a lot of young want to take that step and follow Charlie because that's a, a great role model there. Have you ever considered running a marathon, Ralph? Nah, mate, I always used to dread our three t 3K time trials, so, yeah. <laughs> See, I'm not the brightest bloke, mate. I used to think, hey, a marathon can't be that hard. Like, jogging is easy. Can't you just replicate that for 42K? And then the longest run that I have ever went was with your foolish cousin, Jalen, and he's super fit. He's not the bloke you want to go to be a running partner with, put it that way. And we ended up clocking, I think, 21 or 22Ks on a long run one time. By the end of it, mate, it wasn't even like my lungs or my legs. I had, like, blisters, chafing yep. and all that sort of stuff. What's the longest run you've ever been on? Uh, I think maybe a 5K run. Um, yeah, <laughs> the time so, trials at Saints. Yeah, and the time trials at Saints. So, um, you know, we had to be prepared for ready to come back day one for a 3K time trial. So, you know, growing up in Berry Springs, our, our property oval was 3K. So me and Xavier, that would be our training for our Both 3K time trial. <laughs> so I would run to the oval 3Ks and have Marius or one of the other brothers uh, meet us there or the old man with the footies and then we'd do our foot. So that's how the 3K time trial. Yeah, but anything outside of that, mate, you've been walking on. <laughs> Amazing stuff by Charlie Ma. Hey, and not a bad footballer too. Yeah, mate, he could play some um, back his day along with his brother Kelvin who won a couple of Nichols medals. Hey, congratulations to field umpire Josh Cooper who became the youngest ever person to field umpire an NTFL Premier League game. He just turned 15, which was a fantastic effort, Raf. Now, I know you were quite the young fellow when you were playing senior football. How old were you, mate, and what was that like? Yeah, I think it was about the same age, mate, 15, but to go out and control a game, um, yeah, I, I tuned in and when I seen the young fellow walking out, I thought he was, you know, he's not, he's a short 15-year-old yeah. as well, so it it definitely, Good pass um, for 12. Yeah, he, that's what I thought. I thought he was just helping the young boys carry footy out, and then he was the one balling it up for the first first bounce, mate. So, you know, well done to the young fella, and, you know, it's good to see these guys following in, in, in a day something they enjoy to do, and mm. who knows, he might his dream might be to play, uh, you know, not, not to play, but to umpire in the AFL levels. He's off to a great start. Following in Emma Stark's footsteps, yeah, who's already umpired at the elite level. Hey, we'll go through some NTFL stuff really quickly. Darwin and Waratah, for me, is the match of the round. I think that this has traditionally been a game of contrasting playing styles. We have the bigger-bodied sort of types of interstate footballers that the Warriors have and then the quicker, speedier local players that Darwin have. Is that still the case? Yeah, mate. Um, are they playing at oh, yep. Gardens? Yeah, so it'll be an interesting one because Waratahs know how to play at Gardens over really mm. well. We seen that last week, the way they slip half back. So it'll be a good test and it'll be a good one for Buffaloes because, you know, beating Wanderers last week, we sort of no one really expected. Um, for them to go out and I reckon if they get a win of the Waratahs or even it's a close game and go to the wire, that's positive for Buffaloes for first two. Do you give him a chance? Yeah, mate, I definitely, especially with these um, boys in the side from Nycliffe and Don Bruce, first hit out, so he's going to cause some headaches. So Jared Stokes returns, Tom Jock, who played for Essendon, is coming in for his second game at the club, and Don Brewer, Nichols medalist, needs no introduction. He'll be playing for the Buffaloes. So a final tip? Yeah, I, I, mate, I might lead towards the Buffaloes. I think Brewer. I just you into it. Yeah, yeah, you <laughs> definitely have. I, I did realise Stokes didn't play last week, so having Jared back, the captain, um, he leads by example, and, and Don Bruce exactly the same. And I said they were going to come each other, having Don Bruce. Stokes that more outside, yeah. you know, room to move. We'll have to fly through these other games. I'm tipping Buffaloes too, by the way. No surprises there. <laughs> St Mary's versus Tiwi Bombers. Saints' 1,300th game ever. Such a successful club. You'd expect the Saints to bounce back strongly here. Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, I think uh, more experienced players, some boys who've done the win the preseason. Hopefully, Saints bounce back. Uh, uh, disappointing loss round. Very good. And Palmerston and Pint. This is an interesting game. Palmerston should be tested against better opposition, but will still be comfortable favourites. How will this one play out? 
Yeah, it'd be interesting to see Pints, how they back it up, um, you know, because they would have played a lot on energy last week in their first game for league, so it would have been a lot of excitement, a lot of, uh, you know, just trying to get out there and improve yourself. So to back it up is big key, um, and so that can see that I expect that we talked about earlier from Pints, um, but I, I definitely see um, Palmerston. And the last round, Southern Districts versus Wanderers. Districts had the bye last weekend, but have announced some big, big recruits. How are the Crocs going to go this season? Um, they're... Yeah, it's an interesting one, but I, I think having Shannon back in, in charge as well, Shannon Ruska, the Crocs are all back. Back the Crocs. Ralph, what are your plans this weekend? Uh, commentator game tomorrow for the Saints and Tiwi. Um, and then, yeah, hang out with, a, hang out and watch a few of the other games and hopefully some, some of the girls play. Sounds good, mate. Thanks very much for your time. Thanks for Robbie's time earlier. Thank you heaps to Ollie, our great producer. Ralph, see you later, mate. Thank you. This has been SEN Fridays at the Top End, 16.11am. Thanks to Rain and Horn Darwin, finding a place to write your next chapter. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91.